I consent to being recorded. <laughs> Recording in progress. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. See, it's interesting. I've said that the show is in three parts with a half, so I don't know how that exactly works. I was homeschooled. Don't come at me. Math. Math <laughs> is hard sometimes. As my dad used to say, there's only three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and lots of wankers. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, tra time travellers. Um, if you are a time traveller, please let us know. We've just given Sam two perfect opportunities to call on his wankers of the week. All right, and... guys. Yeah, let's <laughs> that, move that, on. Let's move on. Let's that move audio on. delay. <laughs> the audio delay is horrible. That two seconds being like, oh, there's a pause. Let's, like, hammer on. <laughs> I keep seeming like an absolute dick because I keep, like, talking over the top of you guys. Let's I have can that. feel just a solitary, lonely bead of sweat going down the back of my calf. <laughs> <laughs> Weaving its way from one hair follicle to the next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, delightful. Oh, good to be alive. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, it is good to be alive and it's good to be back in your ear holes, striving and thriving. My name is Jake Botal, and I'm joined, as always, by Sambo and Johnny. How are you, chaps? Good, good. Confused and bewildered, but glad to be here. I'm fine. I'm all good. <laughs> I was going well, to say, just I, fine. I got, a, I got oh, a phone call as soon as the bloody podcast starts. This is oh. this is just professionalism up the wazoo. It is. You, you better answer <laughs> on the pod, it was, on speaker. I already hung up. Yeah, you should have. It was dad. Oh. Doesn't matter. He doesn't listen to this. He went <laughs> <laughs> just just off the top can we finally acknowledge that i finally put together the perfect intro was it different included all of it oh, oh, included okay. all of it. i finally okay. got sorry i thought you nailed i thought you, I thought you meant the song i thought you meant yeah the song. i was gonna say it's a the, the, you had more sound drops to the song I didn't. I've got to do that. It's getting a bit stale, really, a bit stale. Um, it's getting a bit old. That's yeah. right. We need some more, some more highlights in there. I'm, I'm um, sure we've got a few more highlights for you somewhere in one of our episodes. Surely, surely there's something of worth well, there. This, this, <laughs> this is episode number twenty-one. Um, I'm pretty sure, if my math is correct. So surely, after twenty-one episodes, we've got something to edit into the intro music surely maybe you have to listen to every episode fantastic and let us know <laughs> yeah i'll just go back oh <laughs> yeah i'll let you know how that goes um the music of course that you heard off the top brought to you by the one and only david vaughn uh from the oklahoma panhandle long distance love affair with the catters um just a good music out the wazoo. So I've just got to find some more quotes to, to pair with said audio. Uh, anything else we want to banter about before we get stuck into the, uh, the nitty gritty um, of the analysis? Banter. Anything else on the radar? What can we yeah, banter, banter about? Anyone got some banter? Banter? Anyone got some banter? I've got, Surely you've got some I've banter, got, Sam. Um, nah. <laughs> Fresh out in the band department. Have... <laughs> what about you, Mitch? Well, have you got some banter for us? 
Nah, absolutely not. I mean, this is pretty much it's just as straight-laced a Geelong Cats podcast as you're likely to yeah. find uh, on be, your there'll radio. Be, there'll, there'll be no messing around here. Absolutely. None. No you'll fluff, just find all hardcore analysis. All um, serious. Coming at you. There'll be absolutely. no laughs <laughs> this episode. Sorry. Absolutely. Everyone. No alleged fun times at all. Um. Let's crack into the fact that it's episode number 21, but we're honoring the jersey number 19 because of several uh, <laughs> cataloging issues. But we're kind of back on track now, but two episodes kind of, behind. Sort of. Um, yeah, we're, we're functioning. We're limping along through the space-time continuum, uh, barely surviving. Uh, so episode number 19, or jersey number 19 for episode 21. Uh, <laughs> one hey, of- we said no laughs. <laughs> All right, no laughs, no laughter, no laugh for you. Um, all right, um, John, you're the laughter Nazi. You've got to, um, you got to pull us up tonight. If if, if the laughter uh, is too much, I mean, if it happens, oh, you got to. Um, we're relying on you to maintain the moral integrity of the podcast. Well, you've picked the wrong horse there. <laughs> <laughs> you see, uh, failed already. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just too funny. John's just too funny. It's just too naturally funny. too funny. Um, how, yeah, how is lockdown? I guess that's a, that's a touchstone for a bit of bant is um, how's lockdown treating it? I've, I've been getting the updates on the uh, private messenger um, that you've been absolutely chomping through the video game accomplishments. What has fallen beneath your sword? Oh, what have I? Finished off Valiant Hearts, got all the achievements on that, and just Star Wars Fallen Order, got the achievements on that, and just other general gaming and cleaning. Nice. John, John and I have both obviously also had big news recently. We both turned 14 and started playing Fortnite, <laughs> so that's that's... <laughs> That's that's certainly worth mentioning. Well, you've 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 jumped the brought the cat out of the bag with that one, Sam. I was trying to keep that on the download. Nah, uh, mate, this, this is more this, professional. Look, this is juicy news. All right, people it people is. are clamouring for this kind of shit. They so, are. Uh, yes, John we've Ruth. finally our voices starting to break, and yep. we thought it's about time we jumped on the uh, Fortnite. <laughs> Beautiful. Any day, hoping to hit puberty. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Fing- fingers crossed, everybody. That um, Mej is also about to hit the puberty stage. That's right. Of my gaming life. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, it's down- <laughs> downloaded. It's downloaded. Fortnite is downloaded. So I'm ready to, how do you say, pawn some noobs? That's right. Um, Jump well, online and, and abuse it through some voice chat sometime. Absolutely. <laughs> Please do. So, I'm sure we're probably getting about, abru- abused last night, but it's about time. What? <laughs> I completely, <laughs> I, was, I completely yeah, missed, I, I missed that one. context of that one. <laughs> Online, uh, uh, redacted, uh, okay. redacted. Yeah, <laughs> the chat, chat, chat. Cancelled. I'm sure our uh, listeners will understand. Yeah, make sure you enjoy the last episode of the chat, chat, cats. Yeah, guys, we're out of here. It's been a great time, well done. Um, but ultimately, it's the uh, <laughs> we've hit the end of our run. 
Uh, we're out. Um, now it won't stop. Um, <laughs> no, it's awesome. We have no choice. We gotta yeah. stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so I'll have to get on. I'll have to get on the the fortnights. Um, we need to find other like mind, uh, other um, you know, young teenagers to destroy online. You know, it's what the kids do, isn't it? <sighs> As he uh, said, pawn well, some noobs. That's right. That's right. We're old, and <laughs> now we're going to get into the the, the podcast. Um, <laughs> the the Tomcat beanies. I know podcasts being a visual medium. Uh, it's good to plug the really uh, close. Yeah. 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 Uh, As you can all see right now, wearing the Tomcat beanies. Yeah. Uh, they look exceptional, boys. Got these from uh, the uh, the Carlton Draft. Good good merch. All right, jersey number nineteen. You never <laughs> said number twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that that's what you're up to. One of the best. <laughs> All right, let's start. Let's start with George Todd. Um, one of the best fullbacks for Geelong. Maybe one of the best fullbacks who ever play in the AFL or the VFA, or whatever it was that he played in at the time, uh, wore the number 19 for the Cats in 232 games from 1922 to 1934, and won a couple of premierships in 1925 and 1931 uh, with the Hoops. He actually started his career as a centre-half forward and then evolved into the full-back um, of acclaim uh, as his career progressed. Uh, Sam, you're still doing nicknames for these guys. I mean, that was a tradition. Oh, he didn't last week. Oh, he didn't last week. Last he didn't week. give me the options, so now I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, do you want to? Would you? Would you like to give the 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 seg the seg? Oh, let's let's see. What was his name? I wasn't listening. <laughs> George George Todd. Todd. George Todd. I mean GT Gin and Tonic. We're going it. Done. GT. Or GT slang. GT with um, ice. Nice, like it. Who knows? Like he might have been um, as had ice in his veins down back. Might have been an ice That's... addict. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? It's nineteen twenties. Opium, please. Um, Neville Bruns uh, wore it. <laughs> really jagged start to this one. Uh, Neville Bruns <laughs> wore the uh, number nineteen in two hundred and twenty-three games for the Cats. From 1978 to 1992, played in two grand final losses for the Catters. Um, what did you say his second Shane? name was? Bruns. B-R-U-N-S. Bruns. Bruns. Jesus. Yeah, Burns, but the U and the R flipped around. <laughs> well, I'm going to claim Burns then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Burnsy. Burnsy. I like it. What a classic Aussie decision. Yeah. Um. All right, and then in like there wasn't a lot of number nineteen who actually cleared the hundred game mark um, for the Catters. So in our era of watching those Premiership Cats, uh, the number was split between a couple of players. They played fifty nine games and sixty three games respectively. You guys want to hang some onion and have a guess on this one, or will I just uh, will I just say it? Uh, I mean, this is well, wait, wait, are we do, are we doing trivia later? Yes, absolutely. Then just say it. Let's not yeah. embarrass ourselves too much. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say that, All that right. silence should have been an answer enough for you. Yeah. 
All right, so here we go. The number was split between Matthew Egan, who played 59 games for the Cats, and Taylor Hunt, who played 63 games for the Cats. All right, here... No, but this one you can do. This one, I believe. Um, present day number 19 is... Jesus Christ. Lord, have mercy on our souls. <laughs> I just fucking told you I didn't want to do this. <laughs> you oh, Jesus all right. Christ. No, no. It's all right. Let's, all right. Let's just rewind it's, the tape. Let's play, play Jake's man crush. Man uh, I'll, I'll let it... No, I'll edit this bit out. I'll just edit this bit out and I'll go straight on in with it. Um, in our era... Oh, this is fucking things. dishonest, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> present day... I'm not actually going to edit it out. This is comedy gold. Um, present day <laughs> number 19. Uh, we might, I reckon... I have a feeling we're going to need the sports psychologist to come in for this trivia stuff. <laughs> you boys need a bit of help here. Like, just feeling confident again because I believe in you both. I think you've both got greatness within you. Well, it's um, first mistake. But last week... all right uh so the number 19 these days is worn by quentin sparkle marvel um who has 23 games and 11 goals in it so far i'm not even annoyed i had no idea i don't think (laughs) i'm not even going to pretend to be like 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 sparkle we don't give a sparkle that's right yeah. No, we do. <laughs> right. We do care about Sparkles. Please stay Sparkle. If you listen oh, yeah, to this, please, please do we, not. we care about please you. Please don't leave. We're sorry. In the AFL, <laughs> AFLW, it's it's Millie Brown as John dies from something. Um, it's Millie, Millie Brown who wears the number 19. Geelong's first father-daughter draft selection um, has played nine games in a couple of seasons for the Cats, including all six of the COVID-shortened 2020 season. All right, we made it. We got through. We can tick that off the show notes. Intro, tick. Significant band chunk, tick. Um, numbers, tick. And look, some mirth. This is this is how you want to do a podcast, ideally. Is run it, yeah. run it like a soulless machine, yeah. <laughs> ticking off segments <laughs> as they fly by. Like, yeah, just cogs in the machine that is the podcast. Slowly Absolutely. turning. Good stuff. Bit of a tease for <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 <laughs> the communist quiz show coming up later this afternoon. That's right. Um, yeah. So we get to AFL week 11. <laughs> Gents, we've made it. Sambo's just popped up another. Oh, who's in the? <laughs> Is that you? That's me. Is that you? Oh my god! Oh, beautiful. Sam, you've got, you've got to, you've got to send that to me so that I can put that on the on the Twitter empire for people. You have to make one for um, me and Jake. Yeah, exactly. You're getting good with the old shadow flops. I'm really uh, not. You, you, once you see it in full quality up close, you'll see <laughs> just how wrong you are. Um, but hang on. No, you, that's the problem. I'll, with, I'll the, problem with you, the problem with your ones is you. Your the names of your crushes don't have very punnable names. Yes. That's <laughs> oh, true. to be completely honest, I even I totally miss the Gary Rowan. Pun. Well, that's, that's because you're, inher- you're, you're a very stupid person. <laughs> <laughs> well, honest question then. John, am I the only one who missed the pun? 
Oh, ah, you sorry. missed the fight as well. <laughs> you missed as well. Good, Good lord, lord boys. Good yeah. lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, hey, you, now you know what it's like, Jake, when uh, you ask someone a question and we don't get it straight away, and then you <laughs> you say shit to us. Yeah. Me and John fail at trivia. Yeah. You guys fail at puns. All right. I do. Yeah. I fail at two no. things. You guys fell at one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a competition, this podcast. It is. <laughs> I'm going to tilt this. And I, again, I'm so glad we, we do this via such a visual heavy for art form. So people can really <laughs> wrap their head around what we're talking about here. That's, I guess that's yeah, why you, you're sending it to the Twitters, the companion piece. This is like an audio visual yeah. experience. I think I need to get a picture of you sitting in front of it. So I'm just going to screenshot you here if you want to strike a pose for me. All right. I'll sit between uh, the two. Yeah, perfect. Done. Although it doesn't, um, like, or... it doesn't look like Gary's rowing, though, when I'm in front of it. It looks like he's punching me in the neck. <laughs> I was going to say, it looks like he's give you a straight in the face. Hang on. I'll, I'll move to the side. I mean... There we go. Try again. Try again. <laughs> no, Jake I mean, has to post both photos so they understand what the, you're talking about. Oh my God. All right, it's done. It's taken. Um, how how heavily can we edit this podcast without being like <laughs> dishonest to our listeners? <laughs> AFL week eleven, the cat travelled up to the MCG <laughs> to take on the Collingwood Magpies. Oh, we're recording. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a team. A team I've that got, uh, I've got a challenge for Sam now, actually. Mm -hmm. I'm getting a bit jealous of his uh, photos of him and Rowan, so I challenge him to make one for myself and Jacob. He's, he's, okay, but not you two together. Or I can do you two, to, you two together. No, why not? <laughs> um, I'll have a. I'll. 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 I'll accept this challenge, but I won't promise it'll be done tonight because right. my input might be even more subpar than usual if I'm multitasking. The cats haven't played. <laughs> Collingwood, like they, they haven't played Collingwood at Cadinia Park since 1999 and they still haven't. Um, they had to travel up to the MCG to take on the Pies. It was the Pies home game, but let's face it, if it was the Cats home game, it would have been the Pies home game anyway because they won't fucking travel down the highway. Um, in front of a ghostly host of empty seats as lockdown came into place in the state of Victoria, uh, for the second week in a row, Geelong got off to a relatively comfortable start, kicking the first two goals of the game through Luke Dahlhouse and Asava Radigalia to lead 12 to nothing after 10 minutes. There followed an exchange of nine behinds as both sides struggled to capitalise on their ventures inside forward 50 before Geelong flicked on the juice midway through the second term and booted three goals in seven minutes via Cameron, Stanley and Hawkins to give the Cats a 5-4-34-0-6-6 lead. However, the game devolved into a bit of a cagey arm wrestle there thereafter as uh, <clears throat> from the 15-minute mark of the second quarter to the 11-minute mark of the fourth quarter, the two teams combined to score one goal and 16 behinds. When Jordan Degoe goaled at the 11-minute mark of the final quarter, Collingwood had begun to narrow the margin and would kick five goals three in the final quarter. 
But Tom Hawkins came up big for the Cats in the final term, nailing two important majors, as did Jeremy Cameron, who kicked one. Geelong came home with a wet sail, winning 8-13-61 to 6-15-51, making it four wins on the trot for the Mighty Cats and improving their record to 8-3 and three on the season. Another week, another win for the Cats, who keep finding ways to get the four points. This felt like the kind of game that the Cats might have lost in past seasons, but they got the job done again. Um, your thoughts, John, on the game off the top of your head? Oh, it was a pretty dull, not very exciting game, really, to be honest. Um, a lot of misses. Sell it, baby. A lot of missed shots, set shots. Um, both sides just, they were moving the ball really well, both sides, like Collingwood and Geelong. We're both able to move the ball really well between the midfield and the 50 and defence, 250. But for some odd reason, both sides just couldn't get a goal, even if it was to save their own lives. But um, yeah, the Cats, it was just another... They did what they needed to do in the end. They got they were just more accurate uh, as we thought they would be. Um, and just got the win that we needed to get. There wasn't really any flair about it. I don't think we needed to go in with any flair because uh, every game that we play against Collingwood always seems to follow a very similar pattern of just a tight contest, a lot of movement of the ball, not a lot of scores. It's always been fairly low scoring, um, a fairly sloppy arm wrestle, as we say. But yeah, it was, I just felt like yeah, it was just another... Another week that we needed to just notch up that W, which they did. Uh, came out of it with no injuries, which was equally good. Um, I feel like, yeah, all the cats just played their role. No one really did anything outstanding, except for Cameron. He got a really good snap on in front of goal. Uh, Rowan, unlike Rowan, had a fairly quiet game this week. Didn't really impact the scoreboard. You know, Could have why, impact- you know why that was that was Jack's bloody witch doctor curse because he he messages for the game and <laughs> said and said that Rowan had a quiet game in AFL evolution that he was playing. Ah and, yes. And the statistics were surprisingly similar <laughs> that, <laughs> that he messages that Rowan had. So there you go. Yeah it's that, that bloody that's doggy reason. doggies fan putting putting the curse on us. Yeah. There it was just yeah, it was, felt like he just Sort of did his did a few things. Didn't really took a do much. spectacular mark. Yeah, just took a spectacular mark, and then had a odd moment in attack where he's nearly running into goal, and then just couldn't turn it around for some reason. Yeah, we was... we we can get into that moment if you want. I don't want to. I don't want to get on <laughs> get on the <laughs> defensive bandwagon too hard. But I will. no 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 no. I just felt like yeah, it was unlike Rowan. Uh, very quiet game. Maybe it was just. Looking forward to this week off with you, Sam. Maybe he was maybe he was very, very daydreaming. He was very of... tired. He was very tired after all the boat rowing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think too. Like just to sorry, just to 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 to, to just ride in briefly. I mean, rowing. The response. The, yeah, rowing. the The response to this game on Twitter was pretty fucking abhorrent from a bunch of. Geelong supporters who who said things like, "Oh, if they keep if they play another game like this, 
I'm going to um, boy, uh, boycott. I'm not coming to watch anymore. If this is what they dish up, this is just taking the piss, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, how bloody petulant can we be as a fan base where you're saying this crap? Like, we've missed the finals one time in 15 years. We've had three premierships. We've won more games than any other team in the 21st century. Like, what are we on about? You know, like they, the negativity that came. What do we need to arm? Um, I was astounded by. What do we expect to blow every single team out of the water? No, I thought it was a a win that they needed to get. They didn't really need to, as I said, do anything fancy. They didn't need to play out of the skin because Commonwealth was not playing the best. They don't have the best players in there rebuilding. They're in a lot of behind the scenes issues as well. Commonwealth, so. There's reasons why they're not playing so well, which is fair enough. And the Cats knew that. Everyone knows that. So you don't expect them to go in playing the absolute best. You expect them to play as good as they need to against the opposition, which they did. And they got away with the win. Um, I'm happy with the win. Yeah, I think a few things could have gone better. But if we scored the goals that we missed, it would have been a flogging. But well, well, yeah. yeah. And I I think that's like an interesting thing um, to talk about. I think you made a really good point a few weeks ago, Sambo, about this thing about, you know, I think it was after the Sydney game where we lost and we're sort of going, oh, you know, the the, the, the luck factor, you know, oh, it's the St Kilda game when King was missing all those shots. And, we, you know, we said, oh, you know, we've got a bit lucky with King missing. And you sort of have made the point, last couple of weeks well that's not really luck that's down to execution that is the other team didn't execute well enough you executed better and you win the game like i'd be interested to get your thoughts on this game um as far as that goes you like sort of i guess extrapolating that metaphor out a little bit to to things like the fact that geelong had 78.6 percent disposal efficiency they went at 57.1 percent inside 50 uh like efficiency inside 50 uh they won the clearances they won contested possessions they split the hit outs um you know the, the uh, what are your sort of takeaways from this game um how do you feel about it how do you feel about the performance <clears throat> um i like i i agree i echo your your sentiments both that like it was they just did what they needed to do. It's sort of three weeks in a row that we've had what we'd call a somewhat professional win, just <laughs> doing 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 what's needed to be done, which is you don't want to ask more than that. I would really like to see them pull out a dominant performance at some point. For, oh, absolutely. For sure. Great. But it's, you know, it wasn't required the last three weeks. So I would rather scrape by with these wins and then have the legs and the energy to pull out a dominant performance against a, a top draw side than I would smash Collingwood by 150 points and then go down the week back from the bye or something. Um, uh, so, yeah, look, it's I think I, I've harped on about it a little bit and I don't want to blame anything on one element because it's oversimplistic, but I do think the crowd had a huge, huge impact, especially mm. on those first two to three games of the round with with the the lack of crowd. Um, obviously, everyone else's week 
as as the round went on, everyone else was playing, you know, in those under the same conditions. But they had a just a, just that little bit more notice. Like some of these teams had like twenty four hours notice max, sort of thing, and they're out on a field with no crowd. Like, um, I don't think it's any coincidence that the the game the night before looked and felt very similar. <laughs> well, you look at um the two games that um we watched Friday night and the John game. And then you watch a game, I was watching the Sydney Carlton game with crowds because mm. New South Wales and all in lockdown. It was just a huge, huge massive difference. difference. And you could tell the players could feel that difference as well. They were playing a lot more exciting football. Maybe the crowd sells that part of the game as well. I think it does. Maybe the Cats-Collingwood's game was exciting, but the crowd wasn't there. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's part of it, but I think, I think that that influence is felt on the yeah. players as well. Like if we, if we have, you know, influenced to feel like it's exciting, then I think the players are as well. And without that, it would be so hard to feel the momentum of the game. You know, where, yeah. where are we, where are we at? Are we like, are we doing well? Are we doing badly? Is it, is it like, getting towards the end of the game is there a lull like that, that yeah. kind of it's it'd be like trying to play a song without a drummer do you know what i mean like it's it's the it's the unsung hero the engine room in the background that really helps the players lift it can put players yeah. down for sure we've seen that as well but it can really help players lift and i think it I, to me it felt like everybody on that field was at about 70% energy not effort yeah. necessarily but just energy just like when people were chasing and stuff it just wasn't as hard and i'm not saying this is like oh they were pussying out they need to be harder they didn't need to be because they came away with the win but it definitely wasn't as hard as you see them go normally there was moments there was moments rowan's mark cameron snap these bits where it just lifted and then you could see it didn't build someone yeah. would put in that 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 fire starter and momentum just didn't really build because there was no atmosphere. It was just, um, I think that would play a huge part in the men, the, the pace of the game and the mentality of the players. It would just be, it'd be, it'd be so weird. Like none of us have obviously played a sport in front of that many people, but it would be so bizarre. It'd be such a huge missing element from the, uh, from the performance. Um, we, we, We've been at games though, you know, even as supporters and you can feel the impact it has on you when it, mm. you, you can feel the shift in a stadium. I remember, you know, going to games, cats versus bulldogs back in the uh, mid two thousands, um, you know, at Telstra dome and you know, that bulldogs crowd really got behind that team and, and, and would lift them and you could feel it happen. And I've been at, you know, Kidinia park where, you know, there's, 200 supporters from the other team and 30,000 Cats fans and it's like you guys don't have a hope in hell mm. you know because every time it's like the crowd sucks the ball through Geelong's goal you know kind of thing yeah and and there would be the beyond the sport there would be the larger element of families and lifestyle and things not, not sure what's going to happen are we going into the hubs and shit again like what's like I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was as, as simple as just oh, there's no crowd tonight. Let's play a game of football, um, or today as as that particular game was. I think there'd be a whole lot of stuff on players' minds. Um, there was yeah. some we, there were some weird decisions all around the ground. But again, I think a lot of that was also 
um, that momentum and also communication. Like, I don't know, it, the, and it does, I, I don't have to bring it up specifically, but I do think that the Rowan incident it illustrates it well. Because I think what happened there is he had no idea his back was to an open goal. Uh, he, oh, yeah. To me, I would say he thought he was, there was someone behind him. So what he was trying to do was cut between those two players and turn and snap rather than turn into the person behind him. I just don't see how, unless it was literally just a brain fart, I don't see how you would not turn in that moment. There was momentum and stuff carrying him that way. Like he had to actually change direction. So he's looking at the two guys coming. I mean, we know he can take on a a, a tackle. So what he was trying to do was go through it. So I have to assume that no one was just like, (laughs) you're clear. I, (laughs) I tried to find a replay. I couldn't see a replay to find out if he comes from the goal square. And runs I, forward because it I looked like he, he's running from outside the fifty back with it, sort of thing. I think he came. I can't remember. From oh, I think he might have been running towards goal and it had a bit of a bad bounce. Mm. He had to turn and grab it and land it or something. Or he was, yeah, and he took a couple, of, took a couple of just, couple of steps. But yeah. I was just if he was coming from the goal square, he would probably know it was empty. Mm. But he was, he was coming running backwards. It was. But I think yeah, again that could. I think either way it. It's just an example of the the weirdness of the vibe of the game that either the team yeah. weren't chatting it up the way they should, or who knows without cheer squads and stuff, maybe freaking thought he was in the defence. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was um, just um, it just illustrated that that game really well. It was just just, just, just strange, just strange stuff happened. It was nothing really went to to plan really, and what is what is straight through to win. Of- um, a stat that I thought was interesting that the Cats did win pretty significantly, even though I don't know that it's a significant stat, but it kind of, you know, sometimes you see a stat and it actually fits. You kind of go, oh yeah, I saw that kind of happening in the game. And that was like in the one percenters, which I wish we could find a better name for, you know, the which I'm assuming, you know, your extra effort plays that don't show up as a tackle, that don't show up, you mm. know, might be a smother, it might be all that kind of thing. Um, I thought Max Holmes did a lot of things um, as a youngster that won't show up on the scoreboard, um, that won't show up on the stat sheet for him individually. Um, I thought he was desperate. Like he, he laid tackles. There was a Sam Menegola had one where he made a spoil. He ran back with the flight of the ball, ball to spoil a Collingwood player from marking it. And then he was the one that tackled the next guy, mm-hmm. you know, back up the boundary. I think... You know, the Cats did a lot of good stuff like that in terms of when the game was on the line, they got desperate mm. and made sure that they closed it out and executed yeah. their skills when it counted. You could definitely tell when the, the game, when there was that time for the next level for the Cats to step up to, you could tell the whole team definitely stepped up to that next level that they needed to to make sure they got the win. But when it wasn't required, you could tell they all just sort of stepped up back, back a bit like Collingwood would kick it around because Collingwood weren't kicking it perfectly. They were definitely slow movement, still fairly good ball movement. But you could just tell the mm. Cats shift another gear when they needed to. Mm. But I felt like um, Holmes, yeah, he definitely played a really good game. Then Angola, I thought it was one of his better games of the year. Did some crucial stuff for us in defence. And yeah, defence was perfect again, as always. 
Well, and I think that's something that might be missed too on people if you didn't watch the game, if you just look at the scoreboard, is the amount of behinds that Geelong's defence rushed. You know, Collingwood were inaccurate at times, but not as inaccurate as their six goals, 15 suggests. I mean, I think mm. the Cats rushed at least seven or eight. Um, that's another behinds. stat that can really um, tell a different story of the game as well, of any game. It's like how many... Shots did they actually miss to compare to how many times was it punched through the behind? Yeah, and, and that that hadn't really occurred to me until um just to give him like the second or third shout out tonight, our our mate Jacko brought it up um when we were watching the game and I had it hadn't really mm. occurred to me how little that's given attention in like uh, post game wrap ups and stuff when they're discussing it's generally just behinds and goals is what it's yep. generally looked at as a pure, as a purely, even though they do record the stats, obviously of, of touched and rushed mm. and posts and all that kind of stuff. Um, they, they do record it, but they don't really give any, pay any heed to it, nor do they yeah. really pay any heed to out on the full from shots, which, <laughs> yeah. which would also be very handy for actually figuring out how inaccurate your kicking was versus just, all those other element elements like defenders under pressure and, and yeah. et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously it was um, Sir Doug Nichols round had the, the awesome indigenous Jersey for the cats, which mm. looked amazing. Um, and it seemed pretty fitting that Sparkle Narkle and Brandon Parfit both had absolutely brilliant games uh just to give you their numbers and then i'll get some thoughts from you guys on their performances and how you feel like they're going at the cats particularly i mean yeah narco we spoke about a bit last week but parfit uh, led the way for the cats with 30 disposals to go with five clearances 544 meters gained and a game high three goal assists um, while Narkel had 25 touches to go with four clearances and an improved 76% disposal, disposal efficiency. Um, both dudes cracked in to win the ball, uh, contested as well. Parfit led the game with 12 contested possessions, while Narkel was equal second on the ground with 11. Um, and yeah, just some thoughts from you guys on these. Uh, I feel, you know, off the top of my head, Sparkle, as the name suggests, often seems to stand out more. Um, but Parfit, you know, does a lot of work that, that unless you sort of really watch closely, can, you know, can go unnoticed. Yeah, played great games again, both of them. Sparkle got the uh, don't argue out. And as Sam has been babbering on for the last, <laughs> I don't know how many weeks, but yeah. It was At least tr- six, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. I, ha- I hadn't noticed until great- you brought it up. Yeah, great. Um, don't argue. And I felt like Parfit just keeps doing what he's doing every single week. He really hasn't had many off games. He's always up there with the um, disposals and contested disposals and score assists. I feel like he's been really consistent, just keeps plugging away and really building up his good game style. And one, I feel like we should keep, hopefully we do. Uh, I think we, it sounds like we are, he's going to stay at the Cats for life, hopefully, because there's, haven't heard anything about his contract or such like that, unlike Narkel, who's got a lot more 
talk about his contract. But yeah, I felt like, yeah, Parfit, really good. Sparkle, yeah, he was really good again. Just did what he needed to do and mm. helped us get the win. And like the team stepped up when he needed to and turned the burners down when he needed to as well. Yeah. Yeah, both both very invaluable parts of the of the squad, and I th- I feel like they both they both do their work. I feel like if you were to compare them to our defense, I feel like Sparkles the Tom Stewart and Parfitt's the the Hendo, as yeah. in one of them's role just lends itself more readily to being noticed all the time, uh, whereas the other one just sticks in and and does just as much work, but gets their head down and, and, and fulfills their role. And, and it's often that way, you know, in, in, in any line, in your forward, your midfield or your defence, that there's there's always those one or two that attract the headlines and then there's the other ones who are just doing the job. Um, but it is good for to see Parfit have such a good game where he really really does sort of rise above the crop and really um, get taken notice of because he's, uh, yeah, he's... He's, he's, he's been a real trooper and it's always it's always good to see him have, have such a good game. I think Parfit, um, his level of toughness uh, and attack on the footy is kind of underrated, particularly, mm. you know, in a, in a broader sense, you know, really hardcore Geelong fans, you know, I think really understand what he brings to the team uh, and, and have learned what he brings to the team the last couple of seasons. I was going back while I was coming up with some trivia and saw that last year he led the team in tackles. Um, I think he only played 18 games, but maybe because of injury, I can't remember. But he led the team with 106 tackles in 18 games. Oh. Uh, and I think <laughs> the next closest person had 85 or 86. This is a this is a really tough one. And I'll and, and I feel like we, we can talk about different things on this podcast and I'm gonna bring it up and you can tell me if you think oh, I should edit it out because it's too controversial. But Something I, I think I've noticed about Parfit, um, and I guess this is a stereotyping thing, it seems to me that a lot of people think, you know, if you've got an Indigenous footy player who comes into your team, well, naturally, that player is going to be fast and flary and probably playing on the outside. They're not going to be in at the coalface winning the footy, you know, contested, blah, blah, blah. I really feel like that that is a stereotype that happens um, with players uh, in the AFL. And I think that's a funny th- funny thing about Parfit is he's not that. And it's almost like at times, you know, the, the fan base as a whole, we've wanted him to be that. And that's not the strength of his game. The strength of his game is that he's, you know... Uh, a vicious tackler. He's hard at the footy. He actually wins it out of, of congestion for other people. He does more of that Selwood type work. Um, I don't know if you guys think that that's a fair assessment, but it's just something I was noticing even as I was thinking about him as a player going, I've really underrated how tough he is mm, and, yeah. and how willing to, to work at the, at the face of the contest. Yeah. He's definitely a really tough, tough player. Um, as said, as Sam was saying, Sparkle probably fits more into that stereotype than Parfit. Mm. And he gets the yeah. ball and he does that running dash and he's mm. really good at it. He's got that really fast run and really piercing kick. And Parfit, 
Um, it's like Henderson, he just gets in there, gets it out for your team. And it's really hard. And yeah, I was in the same boat as you, Jake. Yeah. Like, didn't realize what a tough player he is. And he just gets in there, gets the job get done, doesn't give up. Absolutely mm. does not give up, which is something that all Cats players can look up to. And I wouldn't be surprised to, for him to be in our leadership group in the next couple of years. So I feel like he's got that mm. quality about him. Yeah, absolutely. No, I really, really agree. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's the, uh, if it's a, um, uh, uh, how do you phrase it? If it's a some kind of racial stereotype or not? Um, mm. I guess, I guess that the, I don't know, through sheer um, statistical numbers in terms of like the amount of. Mm of Caucasian players in the AFL versus the amount of indigenous players is, is still tipped <laughs> drastically, drastically in one way. So, uh, you know, mathematically the amount of indigenous players that will be um, those sort of real stick in your mind, superstar kind of players, I guess mm. is going to be statistically lower when, when the pool is lower. And so I guess that there could be some kind of, subconscious bias to think where you think it's going to be Adam Goods or you think it's, you know, it's going to be one of those mm-hmm. players. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know, Jake, it's a, it's a com- complex issue. I don't think I certainly, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't necessarily think there's any kind of malice behind it. If there was no, but just the, the, the pure, numerical odds i suppose that that we could be that people could slip into some some sort of assumption um based well, on what, what, on what those... they've seen before <laughs> oh it's well, the, just like any other guys, like... position in the mm-hmm. afl like tall guys ah oh, you're going to be a ruckman yeah. big strong guys you're going to be yeah. a forward line player mm-hmm. um small fast running guys you're going to be in the midfield but now you've seen it more often like patrick cripps it's massive huge guy and he's a fast running midfielder Mm. and can't really kick goals to save himself at the moment but he's getting better (laughs) (laughs) well then you even look at Radagalia on the weekend Radagalia roves it off the pack like a like he's you know five foot twelve instead of six foot whatever you know crumbs it runs with it and like just slots it on the run from 50 and you're like you shouldn't be able to do that like that's unfair <laughs> to be that to be that tall and that fast and that agile and you know I, I I totally totally take your point Johnny I think there are um, and I guess that's just one that I've noticed with Parfit is that you know at times there's been this desire for him to fit into the you know the box of an of a different type of player I guess you know hmm. the 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 McDonald Tippin Woody the um, Cyril Rioli or something. But that's not the kind of player he is. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just feel like this season I've really learned to, like I've really come to appreciate, the, you know, his input and impact on the contest more than in previous seasons. I guess just because I wasn't, um, I don't know. I just maybe wasn't aware of exactly how I felt, you know, the fit was and that sort of thing. But I, yeah, totally fucking get it now. He's just a, he's just a gun. <laughs> Absolute gun. Um, speaking of dudes who are happy to win the contested footy, Joel Salwood. 
Um, 26 disposals with a game-high six clearances and four tackles, nine score involvements. Uh, I thought Sean Higgins continued to build on his season, uh, played another good game, 24 disposals with an equal game-high 11 marks uh, with five tackles, three clearances, and a tackle inside uh, 50. His disposal efficiency was down a little bit this week, um, but I feel like he's really begun to show what he can bring to the Cats. Yeah, um, absolutely. Both of those guys. You, you guys have any thoughts on Higgins or Selwood? I've, uh, I've got some other players. We well, touch Selwood, Selwood. Selwood was, of course, was good. Um, yeah, obviously. Uh, obviously yeah. the obvious choice. And I was sitting and I was sitting, <laughs> sitting there watching going, wow, shit, I'm going to have to give him more votes. I'm going to look like a real captain obvious. <laughs> but yeah, um, Selwood, but he just keeps doing what Selwood does. And that's... Mm help the team win games and Higgins is yeah as you said building just building becoming real good and I think once he does get these efficiency up with his kicking it'll be um, really valuable when finals um, finals time comes Mm. yeah absolutely you just feel like this is a side that's got so much talent in it you know in in different areas you you can really see what Higgins, um, you know, what they saw in Higgins, what they saw in Isaac Smith, what they saw in Jeremy Cameron. Like it's, it's really clear that they've brought in and improved the team um, through through trade and free agency, etc. Um, speaking of Cameron, he and Brad Close tied for the Cats um, in tackles inside fifty. They had two each against the Pies. Obviously, that's been a massive feature of Close's game. And despite missing some chances he would have taken on other days, you kind of thought that that was a way that Cameron found to be useful to the team, was to, to keep putting that pressure on. And then, obviously, he kicked a crucial goal in the final quarter. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on Hawkins, Cameron, etc.? They They kicked five goals for between them. It felt like they were clutch when it counted. Hawkins had a game high twelve score involvements. Um, yeah, any thoughts on the on the afternoon for for Cameron and and for Hawkins specifically? I, I guess it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on Hawkey, given that Cameron and Gary Rowan often get um, a lot of our attention in the mm. forward fifty. Yeah, what you what are your thoughts on Hawkins' game and his season so far? Where do you where do you feel like he's at as a player for the Cats? I think he's, again, um, broadly, he seems to be really enjoying the three forwards, having um, Cameron and Rowan up there with him uh, overall. I feel like the last three games, he's been pretty, uh, pretty, uh, what's the word, sort of um, (laughs) a good example, I suppose, of the overall team that he's, I don't think Hawkins has done anything absolutely exceptional for the last three games, but I also don't think he's he's dropped the ball in any real way. He does what he needs to do. He, you know, you can you can pretty much put your house on him kicking goals when he's when he's when he's got a good chance, when he's got a set shot, when he's um when he's lining up, he's you know he's one of the one of the most dependable. Um and it's really good to see him how much he, he likes setting his teammates up. He's starting to really seem like he's stepping into that leadership role as well. 
uh, I'd say he's, he's, his mentality seems to have matured greatly over the last, even just two seasons. I feel like he's, he's suddenly gone from just being the big forward to sort of being the, the, um, <laughs> the, 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 the king of the kingdom up forward there and sort of, mm. um, he really seems to get into the, uh, get into the talk. He's, he seems to be always talking and chatting and that to the other players, which is really good. So I think it's nice to see that he's probably got quite a, uh, like, like a, like a future in that, in terms of, I think he has things to add to the side, even when he's maybe not as athletic, it might be almost a, a, a similar kind of, obviously not the same kind of player, but just in the way we talk about Selwood being able to step back when he has to, I think Hawkins is going to start being able to be that player as well. When they have rookie forwards coming in, I think Hawkins is going to be, have a lot of experience and have a really good head on his shoulders, um, which is something that I'll admit, I didn't always think he, he did. I, I often in years past have felt that he was uh, prone to, prone to, flights of 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 doubt or anxiety or whatever it is on the field and and often just couldn't get his his kicking like once he'd missed a couple he always find it really hard to bring it back i feel like that's not so much the case in the the last couple of seasons he seems to be he seems to be to be mastering his his mind if you know what i mean like he seems to be able to get himself on track and doesn't let himself get down in the dumps as much as he once once would if he'd missed an easy shot um, yeah, so I think he's, I think it was a really good game. I think he didn't do, do anything, anything bad. And just like the rest of the cats, he also just didn't, I wouldn't say he was playing at a hundred percent efficiency either, but I don't hold that against him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I just don't really need to add much more than what Sam said, really. Just being really unselfish in the forward line, always looking to bring the others in and yeah, that's, can tell he's really loving the Gary Rowan, Cameron, close, um, and um, Dale House up forward. You can really tell that's really taking a load off his shoulders. BE is just doing what he needs to do. Uh, gets goals when the cats need goals. When he knows that the cats need a goal, he'll he kicked it like he did on the weekend when we needed a couple of goals. He stepped up and got us those couple of goals. So yeah, just another solid game by Hawkins. It's really, yeah, like you said, Sam, it's really cool to have seen his journey from where he started out. Like I remember there, you would get so nervous watching him walk in to kick a goal. Yes. Yeah. You know, and now you're just so comfortable watching him um you know kick for goal he just seems like such a a sure thing um yeah 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 absolutely sorry we lost you briefly there jake but we'll we'll soldier Uh, on um yeah no worries i think i lost you guys before anyway like because my internet was unstable i think i lost you for a bit okay um when you guys were talking before because suddenly i was like Wait, what are we talking about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, jo- the, jo- the joys of the internet. Um, yep. Zach Tui, just wanted to mention him. Um, 
you know, third week in a row that I think I've gone, holy crap, you know, he's just, and it made me remember too, he started the season injured. He didn't mm. actually start week one from memory. Um, he was playing back through an injury. Um, so another stellar day at the office, 27 disposals, 25 of them by foot and two by hand and going at 88.9% efficiency uh, for a game high 616 metres gained, eight marks, two tackles and five intercepts. Uh, Tommy Stewart did his usual thing, 23 touches at 87% efficiency with an equal game high 11 marks and seven intercepts. Uh, unless you guys have anything to add about the Collingwood game, I think we can move on to votes. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, move, let's on. move on to votes. All right. So I have... Joel Selwood with my one vote. Um, I just thought it was another solid Joel Selwood type game. And if you play a solid Joel Selwood type game, you'll get a vote. Um, I went with two votes for the aforementioned Zach, uh, Zach Tui. Um, just thought he set up so much of, of what Geelong did. And, and you know, 88.9% efficiency on 25 kicks is, is pretty remarkable. Uh, and then my three votes, I went with Brandon Parfit. Uh, I just thought he was the best player on the ground and a massive reason for why the Cats came out on top. So one for uh, one for Tui, <laughs> one <laughs> for Selwood, two for Tui, three for Parfit. What about you, Johnny? Uh, I'm going with one for Selwood as well. He played yeah. a solid game, gets the vote. I'm going to give my two to Hawkins. I feel like he stepped up when the Cats needed to and sort of those two really important goals for us to get us over the line. And three, I'm going along with you, Mej, with Parfit. Awesome. Nice. What about you, Sambo? Uh, I'm going with one for Selwood. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, yep. Uh, I'm going two for Narkle. Two for Sparkle, Narkle, yep. And three for Parfit. Way! Wow, <laughs> there we go. Brandon Parfit. He's, he's done it again. Well, Complete. we've done it again two weeks yep. in a row. Well, the funny thing was Narkle almost got my two votes this week. Oh, so close. He was so close. Yeah, I, I, could, was, I was tossing up between Narkle and Tui. And I was just thinking Hawkins. I haven't really mentioned him much, but I thought his last few weeks have been really good and getting those two clutch goals really oh, helped really get, get shored up the ship. Absolutely. So after 11 weeks, we've got Joel Selwood out in front on the count with 33 votes. Six votes behind him is Cam Guthrie with 27. A further six votes back, Brandon Parfit with 21. Fourth spot, we've got Tom Stewart with 20 points so far. And then in fifth spot, Gary Rowan on 12. So that's our top five, all three man crushers in the top five, um, along with Parfit and Selwood. So good week for Parfit. Hadn't been in the votes for, I think, about five weeks. So came back with a strong performance this week with the, with the uh, three from three. <laughs> All right. It's, what, Shall three we weeks move? in a row that we've done the three for three? Yeah. Yeah, so you're right. I've done three hat tricks of three, three weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, boy. Which three times three times three is what, like 27 or something? Um, all right. <laughs> it is time 
uh, for the for the next bit of the show. Lollies are a spray from the coach. Lollies, absolutely. You get your cordial, you get your lollies are a spray from the coach. Lollies, absolutely. It's what half time's about. It is what half time's about. There's not a lot of news to go over for you in the half time or whatever it is. Um, no VFLW games, no VFL men's games. Um, all action uh, in the uh, secondary tier of footy in Victoria was postponed. I still haven't heard word on whether we're going to get any footy this weekend um, in the VFL, in the men's or women's. So we're just still waiting to hear what the, what the event of all of that is. Um, don't know if you boys have any news or anything to add, but if not, we can go straight pretty much into uh, the mail sack. And hey, let's go to the mail sack. Let's head, dive head first into that sack. <laughs> let's, let's get in on it. All right. Now, as you know, last last week, um, we joke a bit about the man crush thing. You know, that's that's kind of a... We were joking. A bit. <laughs> hey, we'll yeah, be yeah. 100% serious. About sorry. This. sorry. <laughs> I mean, yes, um, uh, joking. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, it's a bit. Uh, well, it's not. There's definitely truth to it. I shouldn't say it's a bit. There's definitely some truth to it. Um, But we uh, put out there last week that we're after some fan fiction. Because why wouldn't you be? We've all got a man crush. Mine's Tom Stewart. Sam's is Gary Rowan. And Johnny's is Cam Guthrie, as we found out. Um, Johnny already has his own extensive cave fantasies about Cam Guthrie. Um, so we put the word out to our fan base, um, and, and a shout out to the fan base in general. I found out when I was looking at the numbers the other day, we've got listeners in the majority of states and territories here in Australia. We've got listeners over in the U S in Texas, Oklahoma, New Jersey, Indiana, um, along with a couple of others. We've got listeners in the UK, listeners in Germany, um, I believe the Czech Republic, there was some in the Czech Republic, perhaps. Um, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> shout out, shout out to the Czech Republic and yeah, all the other Europeans. <laughs> so it's a uh, shout out there. But we put the word out to, to our listeners um, and because we have the best, say, 20 listeners in the world. <laughs> so we can say well now. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And we, what we asked for was we said, write in some fan fiction, write in some, you know, some submissions of, of your fan fiction. Uh, now, to be honest, I didn't think at the time that we'd get anything back. I thought, no, no one's going to take the time. I, I'm, I will be honest. I was, I was almost positive we would get something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Knowing yeah, at least cool. a handful of our listeners the way I do. When it comes to uh, power ranking the hosts and their faith in the uh, in the listenership, uh, remember that Sam had faith in you guys. Um, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's um, faith or less faith for me to assume that they would <laughs> spend their time to send us some customized smut. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Well, so I received an email 
uh, a communique from a communique from the anonymous source Pussy Galore. Now, uh, great name for starters. Um, the other handle that they went by, I won't tell you what email company they sent it from because I don't want people emailing them, but it was Zach Tui's moustache. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Pussy Galore wrote to us and said, I've got some fan fiction for you. I've done it. I've, I've written some fan fiction. Go easy on me. It's my first time writing fan fiction. And I said, fine, of course. And I opened it up and read it. Good Lord. Uh this is ex fan fiction of the highest quality um, you could hope for, um, and all about Johnny Larkin and Cam hey. Guthrie. And I sent it to sent it to Johnny, and and what did you think, John? I thought it was bloody fantastic. Thought a bit uh, blown away that our first fan fan fiction was about myself and Cam Guthrie. That was a bit. Uh, I thought it was going to be about um, Sam and Gary Rowan riding the white stallion on the beach, <laughs> but no, it was it was about myself and Cam Guthrie. So yeah, I was blown away, a bit honoured that my name was the first that came to this person's mind, and yeah, it was it was good fan fiction. It was really good. I what felt it? like they did a really great job, and they should be happy with what they've written. Well, apparently there's a part two on the way at some point, but oh. uh, to give the listener some insight, I mean, six pages is a bit of a novella. Um, and what I've done is I've chunked some out. I've chunked about maybe the first third or first half of part one of the saga out. And we, what we want to do is we want to read it on the podcast for you. And we're not going to just, I'm not just going to sit here and read it, but John will play himself. Uh, Sam will the role in. I was born to play. <laughs> Sam, Sam will play. I, I, I did say play, not play with himself. Yes. Um, Sam, it's, it's important distinction. Sam will step into the titular role of Cam Guthrie, and I will. I will. I will narrate. Um, uh, what was I going to say? So yeah, I thought we'd do this. Well, let's do it. And this isn't. Uh, it's just excellent work. That's all I'll say. I sent I sent an email back to Pussy Galore and said we will gladly, um, you know, audio book episode any future submissions so long as it stays on the the tasteful side of eroticism. You know, we, we've got to be yeah. a bit careful with uh, what we put on the show. Um, don't have any music to go with this, but really, what we need is some music. But but. Yeah, we'll maybe that's, that maybe, maybe if the audience, if that's something the audience is clamoring for, maybe we could get our good mate David to give us some music, and we'll we'll do a separate episode of the whole yeah. the whole thing. That's right. Well, maybe there. Yeah, well, and look, if there's if there's people who want to make musical or jingle submissions to the show at any point, please feel free. Um, can't promise that we'll use everything that gets sent our way, but we'll always endeavour to include. Um, any contributions from from Absolutely. you guys because you're all just fucking legends. So let's get into it. This is the the first part of the uh, Johnny and Cam Guthrie fan fiction. Sam, we, it'd be great to come up with a title for this particular brand of the uh, the, the man crush romance saga. Um, I feel like you're good at uh, 
managing franchises of fictional things, you know, you can, title. You can come up with some sort of, yeah, like, you know, not like Avengers, but like <laughs> something, <laughs> a banner that we could put in. Yeah, well, right, I'll, like, I'll have a think, but we all, we also, each of us need our own couple name, obviously. Yeah. Exa- oh, them. I so, see where you're going with this. I mean, it's, it's John, Johnny and uh, Cam, which, so the obvious choice is Jam. <laughs> 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 and it's Larkin and Guthrie, so it's obviously... Jam it in the Luthrie. <laughs> love it. Fantastic. All right, so let, let's get into character. Getting into character, Johnny. You've got to get into character as yourself, and because cool. you've got the first line. I've. Can you bought you boys can see the script up on the uh, thing? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, John, John, your lines marked in Turkish delight, uh, vodka pink, and Sam's can Luthrie lines marked in cat's blue. Um, that was another thing. I mean, attention to detail with some of this stuff. Um, I feels like this, this person is very close to you. Um, all right. And action. Action. Another. The bartender sighed and walked over. Surely you've had enough for one night. I sighed and my head dropped to my hands. You don't understand. They lost. We're meant to be out celebrating with them. Our years of podcasting, networking, it was a reward for the communication, uh, for the years of hard, bloody work. But they lost. So now I'm here, drinking away my disappointment and sadness alone. The bartender's expression softens. Hey, I'm really sorry, man, but I, th- I think it's time you called it a night. He wiped the bar in front of me and then turned and walked away. I started to gather my things and stood up from my bar stool. As I sauntered toward the door, my head hanging, my thoughts were interrupted by a quiet voice from the booth to my right. Sorry, man. We did our best. I turned towards him, but his face was obscured by his long, dark, blonde locks. Drinking alone sucks. Join me. Let me buy you a drink. What's your poison? Tell you what, this is just like straight sex. Um, I slid into six, six to midnight already. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's getting a bit hot in here. Yeah. That's the Tomcat beanie the... from Carlton Drop. That's right. Drop beanies, please. Tomcat sponsor us. Sponsor. Um, I slid into the booth opposite him, glad for the company in my misery. Oh, the vodka, Turkish delight. He stepped towards the bar and placed the order, returning with the vodka and a beer for himself. I put my hand out to introduce myself. Hi, I'm John. Cam. I felt a surge of electricity as we shook hands and a bolt of recognition as I finally saw his face. Cam? Cam Guthrie? He saw the disbelief on my face and let out a low chuckle. (laughs) Yeah, man. Nice to meet (laughs) you. You're John from the Chaps, right? I beamed. Cam Guthrie knew who I was. Yeah. Yeah, I am. We chatted for what seemed like hours. Cam shouting me another couple of rounds as we spoke. We analysed the game, breaking it all down and commiserating about the loss. But the conversation soon shifted to life and things other than football. 
The bartender eventually told us it was closing time and we exchanged phone numbers, agreeing to catch up again soon. I hailed a taxi and headed back to the motel, crashing out as soon as my head hit the pillow. I woke to the sun shining through the curtains. I rolled over and pulled the pillow over my face, groaning as the light pierced daggers through my head. I reached for my phone to check the time. 10am? Jesus. I struggled out of bed and dug around in the bedside table for the Panadol. I downed two tablets with the warm water on my bedside table and dragged myself into the bathroom for a shower. The water washed off some of the feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm really picturing some sort of like moody kind of like jazz music. Yeah, mm. it's like it's like a film film noir fan picture. Yeah, de- definitely. Fuck yeah. Uh, the water washed off some of the feelings of the hangover, but I needed coffee. I really should have read this in a noir film noir voice. After I dried off and dressed, it's not too late. The motel information. <laughs> Uh, information folder to see if I could find a decent cafe for nearby breakfast. After flicking through pages of glossy flyers with tourist leisure activities and takeaway menus, I gave up and threw it on the bed. I grabbed my phone and opened Google Maps. Green Bean Cafe. Less than a kilometre away. Thank God. Grabbing my keys and wallet, I put the door closed behind me and headed to the elevator. As I pushed the button for the ground floor, someone shouted, Hold the lift. A hand stopped the doors before they closed, and I stepped back to let them on. John? Cam, what are you doing here? I was going to ask you the same thing. I'm just sitting out to find coffee. My head is pounding. I hear you. I know a place nearby. You want to join me? Sure thing. I mean, I think, you know, if this was, you know, more like pornography than eroticism, we you're like, we would have had the, the, the word pounding in italics. Look, it's classy. It's, 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 it's classy, man. It's classy. Whoever the, the ghostwriter yeah. here has avoided the obvious. They've gone for the subtle. It's, it's tantalizing. Yeah. It's and very it's, tantalizing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we got off the elevator at the I ground floor and I cursed myself. Yeah. <laughs> I myself for not bringing my sunglasses. Cam looked over and saw my pained expression and handed me his. You look like you need these more than I do. I gratefully accepted them. Thanks, man. We strolled on and then when we reached the cafe, we grabbed a booth at the back and ordered some breakfast. Our banter flowed as easily as it had the previous night. Our conversation was interrupted, though, when his phone rang. Oh, sorry, man, i got to take this. He stepped away from the table, and I sent a message to Jake and Sam, telling them about running into camp. Those pricks. And then he returned. <laughs> <laughs> Villains of the story. <laughs> i got to go, man. It was nice seeing you again. We shook hands. You too. He left and I stood to leave too. I headed back to the motel and spent a few hours writing up notes for the podcast before my 2pm checkout. As I was packing up my stuff, I remembered I had Cam's sunglasses. Grabbing my phone, I sent him a text message. Hi Cam, I still have your sunnies. Can I post them back to you? Thanks, John. They've really nailed your dialogue, Johnny. Nice. Um, <laughs> no, there's a couple of choice C words missing from this. That <laughs> <laughs> um, I, fin- I finished packing and heard my phone buzz. 
Hey John, you can keep them. Thanks again for the company. It was awesome meeting you, Cam. I feel like they've really nailed Cam's personality. Nah, mm. nah that's my classy perform- dreadlock. Channel. Fucking performance, all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cam, has, Cam has done what he can with the writing, you know, to to elevate. The, Absolutely, uh, the research uh, was done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam's been living in a cave for the last six weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I smiled to myself and wheeled my suitcase out of the motel to my car and headed home. A few weeks passed with the usual routine. Many times I had wanted to text Cam, but I didn't want to come across all fanboy, so I ended up talking myself out of it. Even though it was only a couple of brief encounters, I think that's the name of this one, brief encounters, um, it felt like more. I kept replaying our meetups in my mind. After a tough day at work, I couldn't take it anymore. I picked up my phone and began to type a message, but then deleted it, and typed it again, and deleted it again. As I mentally berated myself, my phone buzzed. I looked at the screen. It was Cam. I couldn't open the message fast enough. Hi, John. I'm heading up your way for a solo camping trip and a hike for a few days. I was wondering if you might be free to play tour guide. Cam. My heart skipped a beat, and I typed back quickly. Sure. Did he have anywhere particular in mind you wanted to see? His response returned just as quickly. Not particularly. Do you have any recommendations? I texted back. I know a few places. There are some cool indigenous rock paintings and waterfalls nearby, if that's what you're, if that's your sort of thing. Oh, sounds great. Can I give you a call later and nail down some details? Sure. I'm free all night. I had butterflies in my stomach. Cam texted me and he wants me to go camping with him. And that's where we'll leave it on this week's episode. <laughs> oh, 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 oh Steam factor. Jesus. Look, look, it's the oh, windows. God, I've got to crack a window in here. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I would say... <laughs> <laughs> where, this is the only thing, John. If if you were the creative director here, where would you actually have recommended Cam to go? Because we've got like you know local indigenous um, sites and and some waterfalls. Do you, do you think that feels accurate to you, or where where would you have said? No, I, I feel like that would be accurate. Why not? He wants to go hiking, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go up to like um, Paradise Falls area around that way. Stop at a few wineries Beautiful. on the way. Pick up some. Oh yeah, see, there we go. Wine. Have to be some plonge involved. Make it a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. You'd be as classy a host as he was classy in the bar. Love yeah, absolutely. Um, great stuff. Really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that. Um, so absolutely. Good pussy galore, and we we look forward to. Uh, future contributions i um, mean if you're if you're offended by that sort of stuff if you're a listener who's offended uh by you know the, the concept of man crush uh, erotic fan fiction i would say that we would apologize to absolutely fucking no one <laughs> uh, um all right so we then had the, it's a full sack this week because we had word from the great oklahoman himself david vaughan couple of items on the agenda uh, one, would like to officially nominate for the honour of the namesake for Wanker of the Week, ah, none other ah. than Mr. Eddie Maguire. Mm. Seems to uh, embody everything 
that the award is about. I can't think of anyone more deserving. So I think I think we'll definitely take that under consideration, gents. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, yeah, I, I think we can come up with if we, if we're going to rebrand with Eddie, I'd like to have a whole new whole new rebrand, not necessarily the Eddie Maguire wanker of the week, but really like we'll really invest and 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 pick a specific category that he embodies. Mm. Perhaps, maybe, maybe it'll be wankers, but maybe there's another category more specific to Eddie's particular brand of dickhead that will uh, <laughs> <laughs> be more suitable. Exactly, and on on that note, um, David would also like to propose a second award, the Damien Hardwick Sookie Lala of the Week Award, <laughs> which I didn't mind. Nice. Um, th- this would be for someone who may not necessarily be a bad person, but is a 20th degree sook. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to know what our thoughts on this were. I think that's another one we will uh, take th- under consideration. Look, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty mad keen for this one. David's uh, assimilation in, into the Australian vernacular is particularly pleasing to me that he would, uh, he would use the term sookie <laughs> la la so aptly, so correctly. Uh, he's, he's demonstrated his, his, his knowledge very well. Um, and he knows, yeah, he knows just how to get on our good books because I, be- I believe that's a term we we introduced into. Am I correct? I believe so. During it, during is... our zooms of the of the of the finals last year. So I was thinking about the zooms the other day and thinking, you know, at some point we really should. It's it's, you know, generally a pretty small private group of um, us who zoom the cats games together, but wouldn't be averse to some point in the season organizing a big you know extended chaps chat cats family uh zoom zoom session uh with the broader uh mm. members of the chaps clan um you know putting it out there to the to the really loyal listeners and that sort of thing don't know what oh. you boys think of that but something we might be able to talk about offline. yeah I, I feel like that we should um we'll i think we should pick a game out maybe a month or so in advance and then we can um mm. keep saying you know this is a game keep bringing it up each week we can go out there to our listeners over promise under deliver we'll probably ought to sit there going hey how are you yeah mm-hmm. yeah good 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 but good um, we could do some <laughs> um, i feel like do, i feel like that'd we'll be a really good thing trivia at half time yeah. and that sort of thing absolutely yeah. put everyone else through the the communist uh cats trivia game um and finally, this is uh, a brilliantly um, succulent sack entry here from David. Uh, sometimes the wordage goes in strange places. Uh, um, I think that's, and there's that a good is, sound drop for the opening song. David's yeah, bringing succulent. all the chocolates to the sack. Succulent sack entry. Uh, Maybe that could be the, t- the title of the next fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put that one on uh, pa- Patreon, uh, the OnlyFans. Um, all right. So uh, David has also gone to the trouble of penning a love poem for each of us in our Cats Romances. So oh. this is an answer to the fan fiction. There's one for each of us. You can. Uh, do you want me to read them out or do you want to read your own out? I don't what, know. We should, we should definitely read our own out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So here's, here's mine, Jake's poem. Oh, Tom, dear Tom, I say in my dreams, as I lie on my couch in the dark, my love for you grows each day of my life, and I do not give a fart. 
I long for your touch and I yearn for your reach as I see you jump high for the footy and I melt on the couch as I see myself reach out to grab hold of your booty. <laughs> Brilliant. But as I sit up, I feel a strange brush. <laughs> well, we know what that is. Uh, and I notice that I'm awake and I see my dear Tom run his hand on my leg as he says, you're the only one for me, Jake. Beautiful. Absolutely. That was that was uh, that was, that was uh, next level erotic. That's got erotic the, uh, as fuck. That's got the heat back up. <laughs> All right, John's John's definitely in heat as Sam begins to read his poem. I'll tell me. I'll, I'll scroll as you read, Sam. All right. All right. I lie here on this cold, dark night, but cannot go to sleep. For memories are in my mind. My thoughts are running deep, but I dare not tell you how I feel for fear of what you'll say, for you mean so much that I don't want to see you slip away. I think about you constantly. You're driving me insane. You're in my thoughts and in my mind. My thoughts will not refrain. But I wonder how it would have been if I'd chosen differently, if I would have listened to my heart instead of my heart to me. Oh. Oh. Fucking beautiful, mate. Here in my eye. Now it seems as though this world I'm in is crumbling all around, and I know not what I should feel. It seems as though I'm bound, and I'd like to think you love me, but it's really hard to tell. But I must know so I don't endure this unnecessary hell. Jesus, deep, cutting deep here. I lie here on this cold, dark night, but cannot go to sleep, oh. with only me and Gary. And my thoughts are running deep. And he looks at me and says something with help from up above. He holds my hand and says, Dear Sam, I think that I'm in love. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh this, is, this is something else. This is something else. Oh, that is. Talk about uh, definitely just epic writing there. Oh. That is really good, David. Well Definitely going to have to put the explicit marking on this particular podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, for sure, for sure. Or, uh, after or after explicit for I, I, can't, I was I was I was I was, was going to make a joke, but I think it would have been even worse than <laughs> more extreme. I'll, I'll refrain. I'll pull myself up. Right. On that one. You're a classy gentleman. All yeah. right, and we come now to Johnny's poem. Bring us home, John. All right. <clears throat> Johnny's heart, it flutters whenever he sees Cam and others all around him laugh, but he doesn't give a damn. He smiles when he sees Narkel. He laughs when he sees when Tom, Tom's the man, but nothing makes his face be more when he looks at Cam. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Cadenia Park, Guthrie seems distracted. His teammates wonder what is wrong by the way that Cam has acted. He waves them <laughs> off, but they all know. And his brother says, look on me. I know you love him oh so much, but you have to forget about Johnny. The connection that's betwixt them both defies all apprehension. And the heat that fills when their minds meet is filled with sexual tension. Cam longs <laughs> to be with this Johnny and Johnny with his Cam and come Hail or high winter, it will happen with the force of 100 kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> and then it happens. The eyes have met. 
and in their hearts they know that they were truly meant to be and they are lit in afterglow. Johnny speaks in a soft, warm tone. Will you give me a hand pass? And if you will, I'll take my hand and soft, softly grab your ass. <laughs> And like, yeah. and and the, yeah. the real narrative and backstory to the particular kind of man love we all share. Absolutely, <laughs> a, distinct, was... a distinct brand each. Very good. Very oh, that good. was it. That's a... That was a good man uh, nail sack. That one. Mm-hmm. That was a good, a full sack that is now full being emptied, um, as it should always be. Uh, so thanks, guys. Thanks to uh, Pussy Galore and thanks to uh, the great Oakley human, David Vaughan. Um, Sterling stuff, guys. We look forward. If you if you out there want to make a contribution, um, uh, you know, a submission to the Chaps Chat Cats in the form of fanfic content, love poems, uh, if you want to, you know, approach us to, uh, you know, sponsor the show, whatever it might be, if you want to put some jingles in, um, the chaps chat cats at gmail.com. It's the chaps chat cats at gmail.com. Um, are you boys ready for some trivia? Oh, yes, mate. So prepared. Been doing so much research. Yep. <laughs> I'm all over this. Uh, to, to keep the listener abreast of how you guys fared last week, seven, seven questions asked, three correctly answered. Which is actually and a pretty favourable was... scoreboard, considering how it was going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we pulled I was it say, home. You guys, you found form. You started zero and four, and then you won your you, you last three questions. So seven questions again this week. Um, uh, the Chaps Chat Cats uh, Communist Trivia Show, where John and Sam try to endure and answer Jake's torturous questions in order to liberate the means of production um, for their comrades. Um, I had the, um, the, uh, the Chap Chat Cats house band put something together. Do you guys want to have a, have a little listen to that? Absolutely. Yes. All right. Um, if, if Neil and the boys can take it away, you guys good? Yep. Somewhat alarming. This is terrifying. It is terrifying. Step right up, ladies and gentlemen, into the terrifying world of the Chaps Chat Cats Communist Trivia Show. As Johnny and Sam attempt to win the means of production. Thanks, boys. Good stuff. The uh, uh, chat chat. Well, I was feeling I was feeling confident, and now I'm fucking just not sure what to feel. I feel terrified. I need some more milk. I feel like there's a clown about to burst into my room and attack me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and that was before the music. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So you'll be answering questions tonight from my mind. Um, and just to let you all know, there's a bit of a, <laughs> so that you can do so your last minute. It's all going to be about Tom Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is this will all center around the premiership years of the cats and some specific 2007 premiership ones as well. So oh, take shit. your minds back to that headspace. <laughs> <laughs> um, so question number one. I'm feeling, I'm suddenly feeling so angsty. I need to go and listen to some Nirvana. Mm. That's how in this headspace I am. <sighs> Love it. Tom Harley captained the Cats to two premierships in three years, from 2007 to 2009. But who captained the Cats to their third premiership in 2011? Was it A, Joel Selwood, B, Matthew Scarlett, or C, Cameron Ling? Cameron Ling. Cameron Ling. Which means it's... Boom! Okay. <laughs> See, I didn't, even, I, didn't, I didn't even have a sol- solid follow-up there. No. No, you, you guys have... Our form's continued. One. Our form's continued. Yeah. Correct. So Bring it on. Brought your form over. All right, now we're, 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 I'm trying to land this, this uh, puppy blind here because I realized I never actually circled the correct answers. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I remember them. But, all right. Uh-oh. Now this is a three, this is a three-part one, and I'll give you, I will give you a point for each correct answer that you get. Okay. 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 So there's three parts. Now the question is, which three players led the Cats in goal kicking on Grand Final Day in 2007, 2009, and 2011? So you got to tell me which player kicked the most goals for the Cats on 07 Grand Final Day, which one for 09, and which one for 2011. Are you going to give so, us multiple choice? Or start we just pick from someone. I am not going to give you. I'm not going to give you multiple choice. Okay. Uh, this one is up to two, you guys to have a think. 2007. There was so many. Mm, tough one. My mind's going that to Cameron one. Mooney. Well, I had I had Mooney on the mind as well. But um, Steve but Johnson I'm, also played also, a really good game. I was also just running through the list of players I could think of, and he was the first one. So that's the only reason I had Mooney first in my head. <laughs> Are you going to lock that in as your answer? 2007? 2007. First one. This is the first yeah. premiership. Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Let's, it was yeah, yeah. let's just go with it. We're not even yeah. second-guessing ourselves tonight. Bang! Cam Fuck Mooney yes. is correct. Fuck two yes. from two. <laughs> All right. Good work, Johnny. So what about, and he kicked five on that day. Um, Steve Johnson, I think Paul Chapman kicked four each um, as well, but Cam Mooney led the way with five. Uh, 2009, who was the main man who kicked the most goals for the Cats on grand final day in 2009 against St Kilda? Relatively low scoring. Nathan Ablett, or was I reckon it's either Nathan Ablett or Cameron Mooney again? Don't know that Nathan Ablett was actually even in the side in 2009. Ah, 2007 he played, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he was definitely he was there on in 07. So I'll give you a a bit of pass. It's it's not Nathan Ablett. No. 
I think we. Since he didn't I think we. I think we figured that out when you said you didn't play. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, he did play. Yeah, he wasn't even on the scene. You thinking? You thinking Moon Yugen, are you, John? Could be me, but <sighs> classic game. It was a classic game. Could have also been Stevie J. Because he had a really good, but he was held really well that game. Johnny's doing it, working through it in his mind, having a think about players. I'll, I'll throw some know. numbers out at you for, uh, some, for some players out at you to put through the machine, John, because I've got nothing for this year, honestly. Um, what was Chappie doing? Oh, I know he kicked a goal. He kicked a winning goal. Mm. You know what? Let's go with Cam Mooney. Cam Mooney, you reckon? All right. Yeah. Let's go with your instincts. Ooh. I won't hold it against you, John, because I've got no, like, I've got no idea for this one. Two thousand and nine uh, was Paul Chapman. Oh, you fuck, John! <laughs> <laughs> You should have gone with your instinct. I, I you said Chapman. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, again, again, the comedy was the comedy was perfect. I yep. had I had to I had to pounce on that. All right, so then we're two thousand and nine. Oh. Chappie kicked three and 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 won the game. Really, with that famous snap, handed off from Barco. All right, two thousand and eleven. That's all right, John. We is a we can throw that one. We can yep. throw that one. Don't let it be a thing. 2011. I know Hawkins Did, played. I was going to say... Game Haw against Hawkins, the Collingwood Hawkins Magpies. Been, Hawkins would have been in by then. Hawkins' um, dominant third quarter um, in the 2011 grand final. Absolutely ragdolled, I think it was Ben Reed for the Magpies. Um so who else who else would have been playing up forward with him then, Johnny? Stevie Johnson was there. Chapman was he still playing? Yeah, he was still playing that year, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Darko, I know he kicked a couple. Injured early in the game. J Pod went off early injured. Yeah. You know what? <clears throat> I think it was I just thought it was Hawkins. I really yeah, do Hawkins. remember I'm, that. I'm happy third. to back I'm happy to I'm happy to back Hawkey. Who are you thinking? Do you have anyone in mind? No, only only going back to to Chappie and possibly possibly. Wow, oh, where was? Well, maybe Stevie J. I think he kicked a few that game. We can go with that. Yeah, I I oh. I, I never remember Stevie J kicking any goals for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I reckon it's one of those three. I do remember um, Hawkins' third quarter was really massive. Let's just go with Hawkins. I reckon Hawkins. Let's go Hawkey. Let's, let's... Hawkins? Yeah. Locking in Hawkins? Yeah. It was Steve Johnson who no! four goals. So close, John. How many did Hawkey kick? Uh, I think he kicked two or three and the thing with the third quarter was he was and and the game as a whole he took a bunch of marks and handed handed a lot of shots off okay. Steve Johnson kicked at least one off a handoff um from 
from Tommy Hawkins. But look, that exercise was actually pretty tough. I thought that Steve Johnson kicked the most goals in 07. Um, look, one, so out, one, would, out, one would, out of three, would, and, we, and we were close the other two times. I'm, yeah. Look, it's better yeah. than we were doing last week. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Two th- uh, this one. The Kaji Greaves medal was won in 2006 by Paul Chapman and in 2008 by Joel Corey. But who won the Cats' best and fairest award in the 2007 Premiership season? Was it A, Gary Ablett Jr., B, Corey Enright, or C, Jimmy Bartell? I reckon it was Jimmy Bartell, because I was here he won the Brownway, so... Yeah, let's go with it. Or, or do you reckon it's? Do you reckon? Do you think they would have like it would be different to the Brownlow? Yeah, it would be different to the Brownley. Brownlow. What are you? What are you? What's your gut saying? My gut saying are the absolute. No, all three of them really. They. Yeah. So who is the third? Was the third N right? No, oh God, it's that horrified music. <laughs> Jake, was the th- was the third Enright? Did you say? Yes, it was A. Gary Ablett, B. Corey Enright, or C. Jimmy Bartel. Look, my gut, my in- my initial instinct was Ablett because let's go with Ablett. Yeah, okay, okay. I was going to say, but then Bartel makes sense. Enright doesn't seem to. He's a sleeper hit, so it doesn't rank. Mm. So let's go Ablett, but it quite let's possibly point Bartel. En- probably Enright. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The 2007 Cardi Greaves medal winner is Gary Ablett Jr. Yay! Oh, yes. Yes. Nice. Good work nice, there, Sam. Boys. We thought it through. We, we thought did. it through. Into it. Sometimes watching the trivia, it's like watching a you know those near miss videos where like you're like, mm. oh fuck, there's like a head-on collision, and then is suddenly this, at the last minute, is this person going to be able to get out of the car before the yeah. train takes them? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number four which marks the halfway point of this Jesus Christ. of the Chaps Chat. Fucking hell. This is exhausting. We know Tom Hawkins kicked a goal after the siren to beat Hawthorne in 2012, but which Geelong cat famously kicked a point after the siren at the MCG to defeat the Hawks by one point in 2009 after Geelong had trailed by 28 points? early in the final term? Was it A, Jimmy Bartell, B, Max Rook, or C, Brad Ottens? A, Jimmy Bartell. Lock it in, Eddie. It was indeed A, Jimmy Bartell. Beautiful. Never forget that famous point. Yeah. Kelly Underwood was commentating. I was li- yes. On the TV. I was, listening, I was listening on the way home from work on the radio. Oh, amazing. Nice. Um, all right. Question number five. 2007 was a massive year, uh, year for the Cats in which they broke the premiership drought at the club and embarked on an era of dominance. But the 2007 season started with a club-imposed five-game ban to one of its future premiership stars. Was that player A, Matthew Stokes, B, Steve Johnson, or C, Cam Mooney? I believe it was um, 
Steve Johnson when he got in trouble with the police. With the police? With, with the popo. With the popo. Gonna lock that in? Yeah, we'll go mm-hmm. with it. Johnny Larkin is indeed correct. He's it correct. was B. Steve Johnson, who, yeah, was in trouble for being drunk in public um, in Wangaratta um, and was banned from training with the team um, and banned for the first five games of the season, came back and had a friggin' ripper of a year. Um, kicked something like 49 goals that season. Um, Steve Johnson. All right. We've got one more footy question and then a bonus question. Which 2007 Geelong Cat played in two premierships in seven days? The Cats VFL men's team and then the AFL side. Was it A, Tom Lonergan, B, Stephen King, or C, Mark Blake? It wasn't Monaghan because he was injured out that year after that nasty, nasty hit. I think it was maybe Blake. My gut saying Blake. I'm happy to go with your gut. It's it's yeah, this very true so but far. But then Stephen King, but. Look, what I, I, what were the circumstances under them, under which they went and played at the VFL? Mm. As as well uh, as in, was it was it that they didn't get like, I don't know, like was, was it a specific hole that needed filling in the squad? Because I mean, I feel like King filled very specific yeah. roles. I could imagine them going, "We need, we need this, this, and this," and getting King, but. But then, yeah. Let's go with Blake. Yeah, let's go I, with Blake. I feel like Blake. It sounds about right. It was, in fact, Stephen King. Ah! He played, played, <laughs> as the, he played as the Ruckman in the, VF, uh, the VFL side and then replaced Mark Blake, who had fallen ah! out of four across the back end of the season. So Stephen Shit. King won two premierships in a week um, for the Cats. So okay. there you go. Now, that's good. So let's let's recap here. Well, you're sitting on one, two, three, four, five. Five and three so Shit. far. Because you had that one question that was worth three points. So good, good night so far. Let's see if you can bring it home here. Um. 2007, massive premiership year for the Cats, but it was a big year in music too. Now, which of these absolute banger tracks ended up as the number one top 25 hit in Australia in 2007? Was it A, Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne, B, Umbrella by Rihanna, or C, Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie? We would obviously split off to do some solo stuff. Did all these... Did all of these songs come out in 2007? They were well. They were all in the top 25 in 2007. Okay, that's all I wanted to. I just wanted to double check. I feel like if Umbrella came out, I feel like that one has to be number one. 
but maybe yeah. that's maybe that's just hindsight because of how, that's well, a, how well that song stuck around. Maybe that's a red herring. Mm. <laughs> he's chucked in there as red herring. It's the obvious choice. It's the, it's it's definitely the most recognizable mm. and memorable now, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was number one. Yeah, where number one where was time. everyone? Where were everyone's heads at in two thousand and seven? You know, not we all sing not with those three songs. <laughs> Speaking of red herrings, uh, Avril Lavigne um, could you know? Well, were thoughts on girlfriend? What are we I thinking here? Don't even know What's that the song. Here? That's a big fat lie. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you. In fact, oh, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure John and I recorded a video clip to that song. Oh, yes, that one, yeah. As part of a film, film skit show that we used to film. Mm. Um, Thankfully, the tapes of which have long been destroyed. Uh, I think I'm thinking... I'm thinking Umbrella. I, I, I don't know. Mm. I, I I'm thinking like, the same. I feel I like that's... it was. I feel like she obviously, even then, probably wasn't the the household name she is now. But at the time, I, at that time, I still think she was probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going with it. I'm going. I'm with going it. with yeah, yeah. Go for it. All we'll right. lock that one in. So, locking in Umbrella by Rihanna as the number one this top is, twenty-five. If this is girlfriend. I'll be very disappointed in everyone in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> in Australia in 2007, it was in fact C, Big Girls Don't oh, Cry by wow. Fergie. Jeez. Um, An underwhelming song to be number one. Spent nine weeks in a row at, at number one. Um, now, here, here's some for some extra for some extra bonus points. I'll give you one point for if you can name any other songs that ended up in the top 25 um, songs in Australia by the end of the year. Do you want to take a guess at any? Oh, fuck. I don't know. I, I, was, uh, I, 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 was, still, I was still listening to songs from the 70s to 90s exclusively at that point. Oh, uh, would uh, have, right. I, I don't even know what songs Jesus came out Christ. then. Some, <laughs> something by Simple Plan. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, Blink-182, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, you're in the ballpark. A Green Day song. What about uh, My Chemical Romance, like Black Parade? Uh, that feels like that was that time of that era. It didn't end up in the top 25 if it was. I think it was a maybe 2006 Black Parade album. Mm. Um, yeah, there was there was some interesting ones. I think you, I'll, I'll take you on a little walk down memory lane here, if you like. Um Top 25 included some bangers like Straight Lines by Silverchair, hmm. um, Lips of an Angel by Hinder. Oh, my I mean, God. God. Jesus. Loz and I, Loz and I were just, just re-watching that video recently. Man, that's a <laughs> strange song. Uh, Candyman by Christina Aguilera. Huh? Uh, Dance Floor Anthem, parentheses, I Don't Want to Be in Love by Good Charlotte. Um, this ain't a scene, it's an arms race and thanks for the memories by fallout boy. So fallout boy popped in a big way in 2007. Um, see most of uh, these songs I would have picked above big girls. Don't cry. Just, yeah. Just get your, uh, yeah. Wouldn't have rated that song as, as even being that popular, but there you go. There you go. Get what do we know? Jump up, get ready to jump barely football. Definitely not music. <laughs> How to Save a Life by The Fray. Um, yeah, that feels too. 20 Good Reasons from Thirsty Merc. 
Uh, so Jack, you'll be happy with that one. Um, Thirsty Merc comment tick. Uh, Hook Me Up by the Veronicas and a collection of other songs that we all no doubt downloaded off LimeWire. Um, we've come to the end of another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats Communist Quiz Show and indeed another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats Show. It's, um, no, it's been a weird bi- <laughs> Yep. Yet again. It, it's been strange. Um, now it's a bye week, but we're trying to get some stuff up and running. Well, we're thinking about having a very special guest, possibly two very special guests on um, the podcast for an episode uh, over the, the bye week for the cats. So you will hear from us again before Geelong plays Port Adelaide uh, in what, a week and a half, two, two weeks time, whatever it is. Um, I think they play next Thursday night. So you will hear from us. Uh, gents, you've said it, you've uh, said it all and you've done it all. So thanks so much for, uh, for flying. And that won't hold up in court. You... <laughs> 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 Until next time, guys. Stay, <laughs> stay groovy. So you guys have a go here. I thought you were going to say that's stay my, crusty. <laughs> that's my, that, that was my attempt. Uh, do you guys want to try your own sign-off lines? Go yeah. Cats. Oh, yeah. John's got his. Go. <laughs> yeah, no, Go Cats is fine. Let's go with Go Cats. I go have Cats. No, I have nothing to say. I've, I'm spent. I have that's to say, episode. I have to say part of the weirdness of this episode for me has been that we've had these fucking sunglasses on the whole time. Yeah, it's very, it's very disconcerting. It's very hard to like to focus. They are pretty strange, actually. Man. So you're gonna um break your Fortnite cherry this evening, Mesh? Or yeah, I'm. Let's get let's get into. Oh, well, I don't know about tonight, but I'm definitely want to get into it. I want to get into the Fortnite craze. The, the night is young, as is the Fortnite. Because it's for twelve-year-olds. It's true, and we are and we're obviously twelve-year-olds. Twelve, yeah. At heart, I'm twelve at heart. Boy, 2007, top twenty-five is a, a bit of a blast from the past. You're cl- you're closer to twelve times three than you are to twelve. Fuck off. Well, so are you, so that's alright. True. Uh, We're closer. Shit, I know. I'm the closest now. Yeah, it's your birthday in a week, Johnny. Have to have a special episode. Go, cats. Go, cats.